All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be 2023 newest Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise, which at the time of this recording came out um, less than a week ago. We are recording this on a Wednesday, and the movie came out last Thursday, I guess, with the midnight release. Uh, mm. So very fresh, very new in everyone's minds. Andrew and I both saw it on Sunday, so we've had a few days to kind of sit, mull it over, think about it, and we are hoping to get this episode up by the end of the week so you can all hear our thoughts on it. Uh, but anyway, before we get into that, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I, I'm doing great. A uh, happy Alien Day to you. Uh, happy Alien Day to you as well. I'm so sorry I forgot. Oh man, how, I forgot last you? year too. No, I didn't how forget I... last year, but I forgot to mention it to you. You're the worst. I think we did. did we do an Alien movie last year? Did we do? Did we do something? Did we do? anything do we do pray no i don't know anyway uh yeah it's alien day uh i I went online there's actually a a cool company uh that did like some alien day merch and i bought an alien predator t-shirt that cost like 30 dollars, which i would never Mm -hmm. pay for a t-shirt otherwise (laughs) so i'm very excited about that um but you know i'm just picturing i'm taking a look at uh what you sent me on discord because we chat through discord and that's how we record and you sent me the uh, evil dead rice cheese grater shirt it's literally just a picture of a tree's grater on a shirt with the Evil Dead Rise, Evil Dead Rise logo on it, and it's just, it's perfect. It's wonderful. I love it. You, you're going to buy one? Uh, it. Well, it depends. Is it less than $30? I actually uh, no, I think it actually it's is exactly that $30. Oh, no, no Fright Rags. I guess it's Fright Rags. I forget what I bought it through. I bought the Alien one through, um, crap, they, they sent me a confirmation email, so I should have this somewhere in my email. Anyway, they're Ooh, somewhere out like there. I like this, uh, the Monster Squad sticker pack. Ooh. Can we reach out to them for a sponsorship? Fright rags. I mean, I don't I've think anybody would ever sponsor before. us, but if they want to, <laughs> yes, that would be. I mean, they oh. don't have to pay us. Actually, I, they do have to pay us, but it could be oh, a Cav- very minuscule amount. We're very cheap. I mean, or or if Cavity Colors wants to, honestly, I, I don't even know if they pay me. That they, they can just be like, hey, can you throw our thing up there? And I'll be like, yes, I will advertise your hemorrhoid cream. Absolutely. <laughs> My oh, hemorrhoids were out it. of control until I found Joe Blow's hemorrhoid cream. See that—that's honestly what I really. I like. I I would just enjoy making the commercials. That would be really be it. If somebody was just like, "Hey, come make a commercial for me," and like you know, have some story, and they, Dan, don't you hate it when your toe falls off while you're recording your podcast? And like, I do. I do. Buy super glue. Super. Every time my toe falls off, I put it on with super glue. But what if I'm more of a duct tape man? Oh, they have that product too. Oh wow, (gasps) they thought of everything. And with the holiday season coming up, yeah, buy it now. You need a special code, Screwheads25. Speaking of toes and speaking of um, Evil Dead uh, and gore and shit like that, um, I actually do have something that I'm tr- kind of came up uh, last Thursday, I believe it was, or Monday. Uh-oh. I don't remember Uh-oh. the last time I went in there. Um, totally related. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, so yes, it is toe related. So I do, uh, martial arts and basically we were doing heavy bag stuff. It was basically cardio cast, a class like working combinations of punches, kicks, that sort of thing. Um, and our heavy bags are basically like a few, maybe like a centimeter or two off the ground and then they're suspended and then they rope it off. We're basically can't move like a lot back and forth on that front, but it is uh, pretty fun to beat up on. Anyway, what I'm getting at is we were working kicks, and of course I was kicking back and forth, and then the bag kept moving back and forth, and by the time I was like 
I don't know, 35 minutes in the class, super, super tired. Um, but the heavy bag came back and then kind of like grazed the top of my left toe. And then this is the gross part. It kind of like peeled the toe back a little bit and then immediately started bleeding. So like the toenail yeah. or the toe itself? Uh, yeah, the toenail, not the toe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah oh. So that was fun. So I've, that had fun. Have, so, I've, I've lost my big toe toenail in the past through like a door going over it. It's, it's a painful experience. It definitely is. Yeah. Thankfully, I've never gone like a full toenail, but definitely I've lost like parts of it before. And of course, like peel it back a little bit. But yeah, that was uh, that was my week. And then, of course, I was just like, oh, I'm bleeding. All right. Hang on. Come on over. And then the girl working behind the desk was just like, what happens as I was scrounging for Band-Aids? Because I, I know where it is. And I, I told her I was just like, yeah, heavy bag uh, basically came across my toe, uh, skimmed it and peeled it back. And they're just like, oh, OK, cool. So and and for all the listeners out there, uh, that that transition from uh, Evil Dead to uh, promoting to Toe was not planned. So what a, what a, what a great authentic transition that was. I'm just, I'm that just, was I'm wonderful. Just proud of, I'm very I'm proud, proud of us. both of us. Yeah, we, we, we're doing very good at this. I mean, we've only been doing this podcast for four years, but we're good. I, it's, good at that front. every time I think about that, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 don't don't talk about that, Dan. Don't talk about that. Uh, we've come a long way since um, you know our very first episode on Halloween 2018, where basically you. Was message, you were messaging me on Facebook and basically just said, hey, we should start a podcast together. And because <laughs> starting a podcast is the millennial equivalent of two guys basically saying, hey, we should start a bar together. Uh, we went for it. And that's that. But uh, we appreciate all our fans. We appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast and does messages, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, this is a really good way to kind of stay connected to you, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I think we're going to have a lot to talk about this movie. So what mm-hmm. we're going to do first is we're going to go ahead and kind of talk a little bit about the uh, movie information for it. Uh, then we're going to go into kind of the publicity of thoughts going in, um, as well as our movie theater experience as well. Uh, that will all be spoiler free. Then we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about our general thoughts of the movie as well. We'll probably splice that uh, in there. Honestly, I think we should probably start with our thoughts on it. And yeah, then after that, um, we will go ahead and kind of get into spoiler territory later on. So if you haven't seen the movie and you are interested in seeing it, but you're also curious to hear our thoughts as well, um, there there will be a portion where we cut this off just because this is a very, very recent movie. It came out literally about a week ago. Um, so you can listen until we get to our thing, and then we'll warn you about spoilers, and then we will stop for the day. Or we will stop for the spoiler stuff. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so Evil Dead Rise, the fifth Evil Dead movie, sixth if you count the TV show as well. Um, and then, of course, if you count the comic books and all that other stuff, there's a lot of media with Evil Dead related on that front right there. But it is the um, one that comes right after the 2013 remake with both of us um, talked about in our last episode and both of us really, really enjoyed uh, this one, however, is a little bit different on that front. So I guess, I don't know, uh, do you want to talk about kind of our thoughts about the movie first? Or do we want to talk about how the, you know, culturally, um, what the publicity was surrounding this movie, that sort of thing, a little bit of history behind how it was made, that sort of thing. How, yeah, how do you want to start this? Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, we start with our traditional summary, our little, our, uh, Sure. You know, what's what this guy about? Dan, I feel like I feel like you're better at this than I am because I I go into these, to all the minor details. So, what, 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 what would you say is the general summary of this movie? 
Sure, absolutely. Just like every other Evil Dead movie, there's really not a complicated plot. It is, there's a book of dead um, bound in human flesh and inked in human blood, and some poor sod reads the book and accidentally summons the deadites who possess the people around the person who reads the book or whoever's in the immediate vicinity, um, and basically toys with their victims before eventually possessing and killing them. Uh, so it's the same premise as the Cabin of the Woods story from Evil Dead 1 and 2. It's the same premise as the Evil Dead remake, that sort of thing. Uh, this one is a little bit different, however, in terms of the setting, which I think is one of the big main draws of the movie. This is not a remote cabin in the woods. It's actually not remote at all. It takes place in inner city Los Angeles in a apartment complex. Uh, they are on the 14th floor at the very, very top. Um, and as the movie goes on, basically their ways of escaping down to the lower floors are completely cut off. Off. So the movie takes place basically mostly in an apartment and the hallway outside it, as well as a few other locations within the apartment building. So it's a very cramped, very small location. Uh, there's also a big family angle with it as well, as it concerns a mother and her three children, and then also their aunts, um, who they mother has a strange relationship with. And of course, some of the other neighbors are minor characters as well, but for the most part, it does focus on the family. Um, literally, one of the taglines of the movie is something like, Mommy loves you to death, or Mommy <laughs> knows best, or that sort of thing. So... Um, they do kind of really play up that angle on that front. Uh, so that's that for Evil Dead Rise in terms of the premise. Um, it is an extremely gory movie, uh, although I will say it definitely was not as gory as the 2013 remake, but it definitely still mm -hmm. had a lot of gore, a lot of blood. Um, some great homages that I really, really liked, especially how they get down to the parking garage at the very end. Um, but that is kind of evil dead rise in a nutshell uh and it's called evil dead rise because it's set in a high rise what? i guess that you know yeah. that makes a lot of, i didn't really think about that that you know that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. i was thinking like dead rising but like yeah that makes a lot more sense you know that too that too do you think they'll have like evil dead basement at one point like evil dead low or evil dead yeah. like evil sky. dead sunroom evil dead greenhouse <laughs> evil dead the garden like there's going to be a British version that's just the backyard, and there's going to be the American version that's an actual like plants and stuff garden too. So wait, is is the backyard the garden? Even if you know, yeah, the garden? That, that's yeah. No, that's what um, people in England call like any sort of backyard. They call it the garden instead of a backyard. What if it's like all brick and there's no room for garden? They still call it a garden. It's insane. Get out of here. <laughs> get 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 better. They words. invented the language. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, they invented it wrong. Well, I, okay, I guess the, I guess I'd want to go into the like, etymology of what the word garden, like you know, that actually means. If it if it means backyard or place near house, then great. If it means place you grow things, then no, brick patio does not count. Um, so I'm offended. Um, yes. But one of the things I think that I mentioned on this movie is this movie was originally supposed to be released for Hulu, um, mm -hmm. not Hulu. I apologize. Um, HBO Max, mm -hmm. and this was this was kind of another. Uh, uh, casualty, no, I wouldn't say casualty, but it's, it is an effect of, is it Zaslov, I think his name is, the guy who mm -hmm. overtook uh, Warner Media, the one who canceled Bat, uh, Batgirl and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So this was originally going to be, um, again, released on HBO Max, and I think, uh, I, I don't know if it's just their, the fact that the industry, I know they, they want to go away from streaming movies, they really want it to be in theaters, they just actually had uh, their CinemaCon, I think it was, pretty recently, and they reiterated that, that they're all about putting things in theaters now. Um, and I, I, part of me wonders, too, if Prey had something to do with this, with the fact that Prey did so well. Um, and this was getting good reviews in its, um, I think it's South by Southwest premiere. It was getting um, very good reviews. So I think that they, I don't know, part of it maybe is the Prey and everyone being like, hey, that was a great, you know, 
that, that was another kind of rebootish of a property that people were really excited for and really wish kind of was in theaters. Um, and um, I know this was also, you know, I think, I think part of them wanting to get away from streaming, but also I think I wonder if just like at, at that time, they, you know, they had seen how profitable these movies can be. And with, you know, with positive reviews from test audiences, they were like, yeah, we can actually make money off this. And they so far have actually, they made the budget here. So I according to Wikipedia uh, is uh, they said 15 to 19 million. It's made 46.9 million. So that's mm-hmm. a great return. Um, for, you know, clearly the movies are always pretty low budget um, and that's, working out for them really well <laughs> yeah so um, i got a question for you just kind of going through the movie theater experience how was your theater like what, what, what were they like were there any good stories there for me so I, I just like you i saw it like an early morning release on sunday um and I, I got a bite to go with me uh there were a total of maybe seven people in there which is really weird because the entire front so i the theater is in this kind of small um but the entire this all the seats in front of me the entire line is booked uh and i booked a seat for me and my friend said he'd come so he he showed up, uh, and I yeah, there must have been like seven people in the theater. Like I think there's another couple to our right. There was some random dude who walked like in like at the end of the cabin sequence and just kind of lo- like literally loitered, walked back and forth around the <laughs> the theater until he finally sat down. Uh, and then there's another couple like like right a in cat front of just us. pacing around for the longest time. It was like honestly like you know uh, my wife always is like stop going to premieres and stuff because that's when people get shot <laughs> and like very morbid but you know nowadays kind of actually maybe a realistic uh, concern to have and like when I saw that I was like mm, what are you doing man <laughs> why the fuck are you walking around um, and honestly I'm surprised he came in at the time he did because it was already like half an hour into the movie I feel like and our theater for some reason did start the movie 20 minutes after the showtime. Hmm. Uh, because just for trailers, it was literally 20 minutes of trailers, um, which is insane. Um, yeah, there were a lot of trailers, but, too, now that I think about it for all the other stuff. Um, uh, yeah. uh, otherwise, not eventful for me. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, so there were about, I don't know, maybe five people in my theater, um, and two of them were basically, it, I went to a small theater, I went to another early morning show, and I saw it like 10.30 in the morning, uh, but basically... Um, I was in the back row. There was only four rows in the entire theater. And um, there was a group of two teenage girls that kind of sat down on the other edge of the row from me. And I was just like, oh, God, please don't, you know, be like, I don't know, yelling and screaming during the movie and that sort of thing. Uh, But no, they were great. They were awesome. They were very quiet during the movie. They definitely seemed like they really appreciated it. They were big Evil Dead fans. But my favorite thing about it was when they stood up um, after the theater and uh, the movie ended and the lights came back on like one of them was wearing like a big jean jacket with like unicorns on the back and the other one was wearing rainbow pants and like they were very very just colorful about it but they were also obviously very much super into horror movies so i pictured them my my head canon is that they are a gay couple who is in a very conservative closeted religious household and horror movies is how they um basically express themselves uh, in secrets and i just you know that's my headcanon that's what i'm sticking to but yeah they were great i really <laughs> also too there was another uh woman who was in the same row as me and she had a lot of fun reactions throughout the entire movie like some of the extremely gory scenes she was like oh hell no and stuff like that but that kind of enhanced uh through the movie so. oh, see I, I wish i had that i i so I, one of my buddies who's been seeing movies with me lately he's like very uh expressive during movies so i would never take him to a serious movie uh, not that this isn't serious but i never take him to a movie i didn't want to have like you know like an emotional movie i wouldn't I would, did not would not have taken him to susan may just because i you know 
feet ruined that emotional core for me, I would have been very angry. <laughs> but for a fun, you know, for like fun core like movie, this he would have been hilarious because he would. I I can just imagine like his exclamations. But in our movie theater, nothing. The guy in front of me, uh, he it's one of those kind of guys who clearly was feeling uncomfortable, so he just constantly look at his phone anytime something gory is about to happen. Mm. And I just wanted to be like, stop it, turn turn your phone off, you fucking dick. <laughs> like, because you know it's, it's the, the brightness of the phone. It's just like, come on, didn't didn't, didn't you see? Um, What's her name? Nicole Kidman or whatever tell you to stop putting uh, your phone yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't you hear that about how, you know, movies uh, movies make yeah. you cry or if heartbreak feels good in a place like this? Stop it. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've seen the YouTube skit where they replace it with the scene from House of Gucci where Lady Gaga is having the sex scene or the scene from Dumb and Dumber where uh, um, Harry yeah. is uh, just shitting in the toilet. <laughs> they replace the theater with that. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, yeah, we've been talking for about 16 minutes now. I think we should go into general impressions about what the movie, like, are this movie, or what did we think about this? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andrew, what did you think of Evil Dead Rise? Um, see, I, I'm i not going to lie. When the movie, like, I, I don't think I dis- disliked watching it. I, I don't know if it's a bad movie. But when it ended, I kind of was just like, huh. Like, and I, I think part of that is because of the high I got off of Evil Dead um, remake 2013 um i i think that like you said i think that the, the gore in this isn't as it doesn't go as far into the gore and stuff and it then and the story i don't think is also as strong and the theme through it isn't as strong as evil dead 13 so i think on its own if i hadn't seen 13 so recently i don't think i'd be as uh critical but i kind of just felt like i don't know it, it it there are elements of it that reminded me a lot of the thing remake um from 2011 i think it was mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of that uh just in terms of like I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. There were de- I enjoyed the characters. I, I, you know, I thought that the, the Deadites were great in it and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think I was just. I was expecting more, especially from all of the um, press it was getting. I was expecting a little bit more from it. Um, so I, I think it's a good movie. I just. I was. I just felt. I felt a little lacking at the end. Uh, yeah. How about yourself? Um, I loved it. I, the entire time through the movie, like I had a massive smile on my face and this is, I, I definitely am going to make a lot of comparisons to the 2013 remake because that was kind of what was going through my head as well. Um, definitely though, as I've been taking some time to kind of sit and think about the movie a little bit more, I'm kind of recognizing some of the problems it has and overall, I definitely don't think it's as strong a movie as the 2013 remake, but I mean, ultimately the thing that matters is the entire time watching the movie i was just having such a fun time watching it Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest difference between this movie and the 2013 remake and honestly i think it's a little bit more fitting for evil dead and i can kind of understand the backlash to 2013 a little bit more now um again like you were talking about i there was a huge backlash to 2013 evil dead remake just because that movie is a lot more dark. It is a lot more depressing. It is a lot more oppressive. And it kind of loses a lot of the fun factor that the first three movies had and the TV show has as well. Evil Dead Rise, I feel, brings that back. Like, it is silly at points, but in a great way. It is ridiculous at points in a great way. Um, There's a quote I want to say, but I can't because we're not in spoiler territory yet, but it's something I saw someone comment on Reddit about it. Um, But this movie is just a lot more fun than the 2013 remake, and it felt a lot more Evil Dead to me. Like, obviously, we both love the 2013 remake. We think it's a great movie, but this feels more Evil Dead to me than the other one. So ultimately, yeah, it's another very solid chapter in the Evil Dead movie. I did really have a lot of fun enjoying it. Did it have its problems? Absolutely it did. But overall, I, I'm very happy with how this movie turned out. And, and I do apologize. I, 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 I'm thinking about what I said. I, I, don't, I, don't, I hope I'm not coming off as I disliked the movie. I just wanted more. 
But I will say, I saw, um, my wife and I went and saw the Super Mario movie on Friday, so like two mm-hmm. days before this, and I also saw Smile on Saturday. Um, definitely this is the best of the three, and like, I remember sitting there watching Mario and be like, Jesus fucking Christ, I wish I was watching Evil Dead right now. <laughs> so that movie, that movie's trash. Um, like, like, it looks beautiful, but like story-wise, plot-wise, character-wise, trash. Um, this movie definitely is better. I still haven't seen it, but I've actually heard pretty good things. But I don't want to, I'm going to wait out to di- until it comes out on digital because I do not want to see it in a, a theater with a bunch of loud kids. I, oh, so. I feel like it definitely is a kid's movie and I didn't expect it to be as much of a kid's movie as it was. Um, oh yeah. Uh-huh. But this was, this. yeah, this, this is definitely better. And again, I think, I think it's a great, I think it's, I think it is probably my top three uh, Evil Dead movies, but I just mm-hmm. I just want I want it more. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Are we still talking about Evil Dead or Mario? Oh, definitely not Mario. <laughs> uh, I, 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 honestly, that watching the new Mario made me appreciate the John Leguizamo one so much better. <laughs> more, I was like, ah, okay. The creativity. So real quick, so real quick, um, kind of a side note um, for Mario before we go back into Evil Dead. But uh, one of my good friends, I went up to uh, Richmond to run a 10K last weekend. It's something I do every single year with an old college buddy of mine. Um, he's got a child now who is basically, um, gosh, he's five or six, and he's super, super into Mario. It's actually really, really cute. We got him a few toys and that sort of thing, too. Um, but I texted uh, my friend, and I was just like, hey, do you ever see the uh, 80s Mario Brothers movie? or the 90s, whatever it is, the old one with John Leguizamo. And he said, no, I've only seen random clips online. And then I sent him like a 20-minute video, um, the uh, how did this happen or how did this get made of the Super Mario Brothers movie. And he was just like, my child will never see this movie until he's at least 10 years old. That looks (laughs) horrifying. And then I showed him a picture of the Goomba, and he's just like, oh, my God, what the hell happened to this movie? So, yes, I love that movie. It is an absolute train wreck. It is so, it is my favorite bad movie. Uh, so good yeah so good anyway back to evil dead so (laughs) yes i think we would both recommend definitely go ahead and see in this movie um Mm -hmm. i would definitely say that if you were put off by the oppressive nature of the 2013 remake and kind of wish that it was a little bit more fun with its gore with its plot that sort of thing um yeah this movie definitely kind of skims back into it a little bit more and there are some very depressing moments it does go very hard in some areas uh but definitely it is a movie that has it, that's a lot more fun than the mm-hmm. 2013 remake on that front. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I think we're ready to get into spoiler territory. Anything else you want to add on in there? No, I think, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. Uh, well, actually, I will say, um, did you do you see Luke, Lee Cronin's other movie? Um, so the director of this, he did um, The Hole in the Ground. No, I did not see that one. Because I, I wonder, um, so uh, it's, it's a movie basically about a, a woman who finds a hole in her, but not in her backyard, in the woods in her backyard. Uh, and Basically, something ends up happening, and it's another kind of family. It's another kind of family-related horror, uh, but a lot more of a slow burn than this. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm curious because it was another thing about like I think a lot of it was about motherhood, and I found it very interesting that this is also about motherhood. Um, and because I think he's an Irish filmmaker, I believe. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious about the theme about his theming in this and and uh, kind of how it ties into that. But uh, but you haven't seen it. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it might be <laughs> something like the producers were just like, oh yeah, this you know. That, that's the kind of theme we're looking for on this one, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on that front right there. All right, cool. All righty, so let's go ahead. Um, we've gotten given our thoughts on Evil Dead Rise in terms of spoiler-free. If you are interested in seeing the movie, I would duck out at this point, pause it, come mm-hmm. back to it after you've seen the movie. We both definitely totally recommend it, um, but now we're going to get into spoiler territory. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about that. So yeah, where do you want to start with in terms of the plots, that sort of thing? Um, good scenes that we like, the characters, 
Um, yeah. I kind of want to start with the acting. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, gosh, Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie. She was like my favorite Deadite ever. She was oh my God. fantastic. Yeah. Like she was born to play this role. She's, she's the mother um, in the movie. And basically she's the first one that gets possessed. Um, and she's the main Deadite the entire time going through just the way she taunts, the way she moves, the way her face just creepily stretches. She's one of those people that like her facial features are just a little bit off kilter. She's not ugly by any means, definitely, yeah. but they did a really good job with the makeup with it kind of enhancing her little, um, atypical features of her face and just doing it a little bit uncanny valley on that front. Um, there are a ton of great scenes, tons of great moments where just she completely just owns the scene. And yeah, I, this was definitely, she was definitely one of the highlights of the movie for me. She was fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and, and they did the same thing that I thought they did with Evil Dead 2013 with Jane Levy, where like the makeup was so good that I kept questioning, like, is, is this CG? Like it looks like, because it, it is a complete transformation from, like, if you look at her uh, in the beginning, like, when she's, um, you know, not not dead, <laughs> uh, when she's not a deadite, she looks, like, completely different. But, like, you know, obviously the, she is the same person, so there's, there's facial features that are different. But it, it's crazy the transformation she goes to into. And, like, the, like, the, the like, it's, she's able to play this really, like, and it's a very talkative deadite, but without it being uh, campy. Because you think, like, you mm-hmm. know, even um jane livy like you know she had some lines like you're all gonna die tonight and like you know like the do it do it and stuff like that she had these very kind of like creepy things but they you know they could be campy if they were overdone but i thought she did a really good job delivering these lines in a way that was 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 creepy and was like manipulative and, I, and i'm impressed too because they never had her do the the bait and switch where she kind of becomes normal again and mm-hmm. he's like oh hey i'm mommy again she was always creepy deadite but just kind of like softer at times i mean like hey you know open the door give me you know i'm i'm I'm, i'll be great i'll be good if you give me a hug and kiss like you know these kind of like sickly sweet lines as opposed to like the just like you know linda snapping back into being normal for a second i thought that was Mm -hmm. that was really interesting yeah she did a great job toying taunting them like honestly better than any other dead i can think of in the series like she is if you were to give an example of like what is a good deadite or what is the best deadite acting absolutely hands down i think she's done a fantastic job mm-hmm. um other acting was pretty good as well lily sullivan as beth she did a fine job honestly like i don't <laughs> it, it was fine i can't really give much more credit on that from right there uh the kids mm-hmm. i thought were all great too um in terms of their acting uh, one thing that uh, we researched trivia for this movie as well, Morgan Davies, uh, who played Danny, the middle child, um, mm. is transgender, which I did not realize. And that was pretty cool to see that representation in this movie. Um, but and... were, were they in the film, though? In the film, they were, they were just a boy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The um, Morgan Davies is a female, the male transgender actor. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And they were all... Uh, the other thing as well, I mean, this movie was filmed in New Zealand, I want to say. Yes, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. And there definitely were a few times where like the accents kind of came on through and I could see mm. them slip up. But overall, overall, they did a pretty good job with all of it. Um, but yeah, I just really, in terms of the acting, the mother, Ellie, Alyssa Sutherland just plays so good. It's it's so good on that front. And I feel like Lily could, Lily Sullivan could like... As Beth, I I felt I felt kind of bad for her because I feel like she really wasn't given much of a character. I, I I think that was kind of ashing her to a degree, like in the first movie, where she has a character. She has that weird groupy kind of thing she doesn't like being called. But I thought mm-hmm. that overall she was just kind of she was just a reactionary character, 
for a lot of it until the very end uh, in, the, in that kind of final scene where she, I don't know, she reminded me a lot of Mary Elizabeth Winestead again in the Thing remake. I, I couldn't, I also not only helped, they, they looked so similar to me that I was just like, there are times where like, I forgot that this wasn't Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, are you Ramona Flowers? What's going on here? Um, but yeah, 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 definitely. Like it, she didn't do a bad job, definitely, but I, she was outshadowed by everybody else in the movie, basically. So well, it, um, it's just hard when you're like you're playing the normal person. <laughs> like, yeah, when, yeah. When, when you're the audience surrogate who's walking into this family, and then you're the audience surrogate seeing this shit go down. You know, like, that is fair. It's it's hard for you to be you know it's it's like it's like a protagonist in an anime you know they they want you to be it they want they want you to be able to put yourself into that character, um, yeah. And I, I thought um Morgan not Morgan sorry uh, Gabrielle Eccles Eccles uh, the um what was her name I'm forgetting her na- character's name yeah Bridget or, I thought she was great as well um, was she the eldest one or was she the youngest one she was the eldest one or uh, oh the, the the eldest one yeah yeah the eldest daughter yeah yeah, yeah she, she like so she had so much fun with this role. Um, hmm. I really, when she got possessed and she was playing around with it, like you could tell the actor just had so much fun with this role. So, yeah. Yeah. What I, and I feel like she was also like, I don't know, just like she had got to go a little, you know, a little bit of range. Like, you know, she was the one who kind of walked down to introduce the characters in the, in the opening scene. And like, I don't know. I felt, I felt like, like as soon as like the, the tattoo scene happened, I knew she was going to turn and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, I liked mm-hmm. you a lot. Um, uh, and that's actually, yeah. I want to jump in real quick with this one thing. That yeah. is actually something that I've, kind of surprised me with this movie like when the movie started off um they were interested they were introducing all like the neighbor characters and that sort of thing and i was thinking to myself oh, okay i see what happens there they're going to introduce these minor characters so they can kill them off that way you know because obviously you can't kill the kids that's how it goes and then no like there is one kid who survives this entire movie and they brutally basically kill off all the other kids and i i, I really like that the movie had the balls to do that Hmm. Well, I, I like it, but I also, I don't know, I felt like it was obvious that they were going to, like, I don't know, as, as when I was sitting there, I'm like, okay, well, they're not going to kill the little girl. They're clearly going to kill these two kids because one of them's, you know, one of them's the one who summoned it. The other one, uh, I just, you know, I'd, I'd seen, you know, they, they showed her in the trailer turn. So I was like, all right, oh, fuck. Oh, uh, uh, okay, gotcha. I didn't see that trailer, so. I, I really wish they'd, uh, I know this sounds terrible. <laughs> I wish they'd killed the little girl because I thought it would, I don't know. Like I don't know, I feel like in the I feel like in the spirit of Evil Dead, it would make sense to kill the little girl. I think it would also be creepier to have to fight her off. Yeah. I think having her go like spider monkey on you and like jump on you and shit <laughs> would have been awesome and a very kind of new thing for the Evil Dead series because you know they they fly around and shit. But you know in this one they definitely kind of levitate and like they jump around and I thought that would have been a really cool thing to have her like you know and again it, it would be a hard thing especially if if you know part of the theme of this is about having children. I think the one that you know mirrors that the most the youngest child. Because she's mm-hmm. the one who you know, she forms connection with. She's giving her bath. So I thought um, for Beth's character, it would have been interesting to have, to have her fight off uh, the child. And maybe, you know, have, have one of the other two live. Or, you know, none of them. But I think having one of them live would have been... It's know, like those, any of those zombie movies where, like, the kid gets turned. And it's always just this big, you know, oh, my God, it's a child sort of thing. So um, that is one other thing I was thinking of during the movie as well in terms of the production with um, the girl who plays Cassie, uh, Nell Fisher. Um, obviously very, very young. She's like, I don't know, what, seven, eight in this movie, something like that. Um, but I'm wondering just, like, how they kind of worked around her for being so young working on this set. Yeah. Um, especially like in the elevator scene where like it fills up with blood and by the end of the movie where she's just completely covered in blood the whole way through, you know, what type of child psychiatry was on there on sets yeah. with the child actor, that sort of thing. What's, um, you know, how did they handle it? And I, I do understand that, you know, movies like this, obviously filming on set is a very different experience than seeing the movie. 
Um, like uh, the actor who played uh, Danny in The Shining was basically saying, yeah, I never saw the movie until like a mm-hmm. decade later, basically, because I wasn't allowed to. But the set was fine. It was a lot of fun. But I'm always curious about that to see how they handle that behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, quick little anecdote on that front, actually. Um, I was reading another topic on Reddit. It's just completely unrelated to Evil Dead. But basically, they were talking about child actors and how they handle a lot of these scenes. Um, there was a movie that came out a while ago called Hound Dog, starring Dakota Fanning uh, back during her child uh, phase, acting phase, um, when she was a child. <laughs> uh, but they were talking about how basically they... I've never seen the movie, but apparently there is a scene in the movie, one of the big inciting incidents of the movie, where her character, who is a child, gets sexually assaulted. And basically, they talked about how they filmed that scene, and apparently the actor who was portraying the assault and her were never in the room at the same time. They just used a lot of very clever edits and compositions and that sort of thing. Um, So basically, all they got, all she needed to do was just stand alone in a room and scream as they filmed her. Um, so I thought that was a little bit of an interesting way to do that. Hmm. But, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, like, because you mentioned that in terms of, I didn't really consider filming it. She really is kind of uh, omitted from a lot of the scenes, isn't she? Like, if you think about, like, a lot of the gore, what's going on, she's, like, either, uh, at one point, um, Bridget pulls her aside, or she's yeah. kind of, like, yeah, she's not there, she's in the not... In the room. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Like, I think the only real scene I can really think of her really being active, other than the end scene, is when she, you know, goes up to the mom and gets choked out by the door, um... And the elevator she, scene, she, too, at the end, and, of course, a lot yeah. of the finale, too, so. And a lot of that could be easily cut or, like, you know, comp- or composited together. Because mm-hmm. um, they used a lot of practical effects. There wasn't a lot oh, of CGI yeah. in the movie, from what I heard, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently the, um, uh, they're calling it the Marauder, the, the Beast at the end, actually was a lot of practical effects of the people, the actors actually, like, being in this combined suit and shit, which is insane. Uh, <laughs> um, I was listening to an interview by Lee Cronin. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we'll get, that, get back to that later. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, what did you think of the the use of the setting in this one? Um, and I think we should talk about the opening a little bit. But what do you think of the use of the setting for kind of on, on the, yeah. the character? So that well, the... before we get into the setting, if we are going to be talking about the opening, can I just say like best title drop in an Evil Dead movie ever? <laughs> like I loved it. Where just the dead eye is rising from the lake, and then all of a sudden the sky behind her is Evil Dead rise, and it pans up on it. Like I, I loved that. I thought that was so such a cool shot. Great way to start the movie. How about you? I, I I enjoyed that. I I don't know. I I liked it. and I didn't like it. I don't know. I I didn't dislike it. I liked it. But best one ever. I don't know. I, I still feel like the, <laughs> I feel I still I still feel like the cold open to Evil Dead Two Thirteen is so much better. And like, oh no, uh, I'm not talking about the scene. I'm talking about the actual like title title. Like oh the, okay. the, the few seconds when the title flashes on the screen. Yeah, it slides up. Yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I, I like it in the context of the movie. I don't know how I feel about it, but in, yeah, it, in, in how it's presented, yeah, and if, I like it, yeah. Yeah, um, so the opening scene, uh, yeah, it was it was fine, honestly. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of felt unnecessary to the movie just kind of to tie it back on in, but again, it just was just like, okay, this is a nice little dead-eyed scene. Okay, we have a cabin in the woods at that point, but if they cut it out of the movie, I totally would be fine with that. Yeah, it, it just, it seems so unnecessary like and again I, I think like you said i think it's a good scene i think the i, I loved the withering heights like her like, you know because it's, it's like with linda and um sorry not linda um shelly in the first one when she's you know doing the cards like ace of spades queen of hearts all the you know that 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 card trick is that same thing i thought that was a great callback but in, in, a, in a different in like a nod but not like blatant one and holy shit when that girl got scalped i was like oh fuck like that mm-hmm. was that was great that was fucked up and i like they keep drawing attention to her you know playing with her hair 
and stuff. Um, I thought that was great. <laughs> and I did not expect her to come out of there without her scalp. I was like, oh, all right. Um, that's a little terrifying, but yeah, cool. Um, I, I loved, I'm, I'm curious, like, I, my only problem with it, like, again, I, I still, I, I again think that the, the turn in the, in the remake I thought was stronger, but I think this is a, definitely a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just wish that, I wish it had more to do with the movie. Like, I know that, you know, the ending does tie it in, but it's still unnecessary. And I don't know. Um, though I will say that opening, the opening, um, what you think is the evil crawling through the woods, and that, that's probably CGI, I imagine, I don't know. But the, the opening of uh, it going through the woods, following that canal uh, in the beginning, um, as, as it's kind of panning up onto the lake, I love that scene. I, that, that, I, I don't know why I had a huge grin on my face for that scene, just following the evil through, because I, I don't know. I, just, I, I yeah, always love it's a classic. And mm-hmm. that's just something that has to be in the Evil Dead movie. And honestly, like a lot of the opening scene, I liked it. Because again, I, Evil Dead 2013 is a fantastic movie. But the more I think about this movie, it, it definitely, I understand the criticism in terms of it's a fine movie on its own. It's a great movie on its own. But it definitely strays from the campiness and the fun of Evil Dead. And that's kind of where this movie is a little bit more of a return to form. And seeing that movie opening up and her getting scalped, basically, and the cheesiness of the drone and the characters and that sort of thing. Like, after that opening scene, at the very least, it kind of established, okay, this movie is going to be a little bit more campy, a little bit more fun than the 2013 mm-hmm. remake on that front. See, so. I... I- I don't know if I agree. If I agree with that statement, like I feel like sure. I found I found the 2013 very fun and campy, but like but campy in the sense that it goes over the top with the gore. Like, and I think that's part of what I miss with this movie is that I don't think that the gore goes very far. Like mm-hmm. honestly, that I cheese grater scene, biggest fucking letdown in the movie. Yeah, that cheese grater scene was lame. I was expecting her to you know go doing some freewheeling cheese grater to the face and slapping the cheese grater <laughs> at people, and it's or a at very least scene. a close up of like the skin being peeled off or something. Yeah. Like, I, I want there to be an uncut version of this movie, an unrated version of this movie. I, w- I would see that. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, in the Evil Dead 2013 remake, you've got stuff like, oh, you know, she got possessed and killed the dog. And we get this slow scene of him crying over the dog. And it's really just terrifying and, you know, really depressing. And then we get the scene of, you know, oh, she's a drug addict and that sort of thing. Whereas in this movie, and this is where I'm going to use the Reddit quote I, quote, uh, I found on the uh, one of the discussions. I saw a bitch bite out a dude's eye and spit it right into another guy's mouth before eating a small child. This is what true cinema looks like. Like, <laughs> I mean, that is that is the campiness and fun that I missed from the 2013 hmm. remake. I, I see that. I don't know. I, I, I just think, like, I don't know. In, in my mind, like, I, I know it's not really camp, I guess, but Eric being treated as, like, the biggest punching bag of the movie to me is, like, the funniest thing on earth. <laughs> and I know it's, like, it's not it's not presented as funny, but to me, that, that that's my camp, is this guy got nailed, he got stabbed he got stabbed again he got yeah beaten i can see thing. that he's he's that's, the dewey of the evil dead universe yeah and to me that's where my mind goes to camp but, uh, but i understand um but yeah okay so yeah so we both agree kind of opening opening was nice but you know again it would have been nice to connect it back in a little bit better um mm-hmm. but yeah so setting what do you, th- yes. what, what do you think of, of, of the high rise the like, and not just the high rise as a setting but how they use the high rise what, what do you think of that um, I really liked it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great location. There, there's just something terrifying about being up on the 14th floor and the stairs of the elevators are completely cut off from everything else. Um, I thought it was a really nice change of pace, but at the same time, still being very isolating on that front. Um, yeah, the only thing is I did feel the, what was it, apartment number 83 or something like that that was set up. The only apartment that had the fire escape. Um, 
that, that kind of felt like a Chekhov's gun that never really went off. Yes. Um, so I was kind of disappointed in that. But otherwise, I mean, I thought the setting was cramped. I thought it was very good. Um, I, I do like also the whole aspect of the home of Asian. This is someone's home. This is somewhere someone lived, and now it's no longer safe. Um, yeah, mm. I thought it was a nice change of pace, and I appreciated what they were doing. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I really li- I liked it. I think I think it's a very nice, unique kind of way of showing the, um, uh, you know, a, a, another a way of showing isolation even in like a, a community area. I, I I had the same thought though. That freaking apartment. I'm like, you keep talking about it. Go in there. Like, I think <laughs> having like a scene of them having to traverse through something while the evil's there could have been very, especially you know, going down a fucking escape ladder, could have been very tension filled and interesting. Like, you don't want to have them go there, have the ladder be broken down a little bit, so they have to go down a couple floors, then they have to go back into the building into a new thing. Like, that could have been really cool, and they could I think played with that idea of like, you know, that 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 what's around the next corner, what's in this dark room, you know? I think that could have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I, I think that was a missed opportunity, but. With that in mind, you know, this also was a made-for-streaming video, which, you know, didn't have a huge budget, so I get why they did what they did. You know, again, it's also, like, almost not kind of, you know, playing it safe to a degree in the sense of, you know, Evil Dead has always really been, you know, a closed room, a short, a small area kind of movie. Um, So, you know, know, like, you know, they explored by going to a different place, so I understand why they, you know, maybe instead of taking two risks by making it a, you know, traversing uh, location... You know, I understand. You know, let's just change the location, but still keep it isolated. I, I get why they did that, and maybe in the next movie, they, you know, I, I could also see that. You know, I could see them running around. Also, if they don't do it well, I could see it going very bad. So, I, I understand the restraint, but I do agree. I think that 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 Chekhov's gonna have nothing happening in there. Um, like I, I was waiting for it to turn out that like somebody had died in there and their body, you know, they'd come out or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like to me, the the ending where they're like, so uh, the stairs blo- blew out. And this elevator is clearly fucking broken. Let's go in the elevator. I was like, "What? Like, why would you go in the elevator? Like, why this elevator that's, that's fucked up? Remember, all the cords are hanging down, the doors are opening, closing, but opening. But they didn't closing. really have a choice at that point, did they? Because like all the other deadites were kind of waking up again. I mean, you didn't have a choice, but I just feel like there was some like what what like my I'm assuming that some of those other doors were unlocked because all those do all those people came out of there at once, right? And then she like attacked them. So their doors were probably uh, still no, unlocked. they were in the hallway. Like everybody was in the hallway. I don't think anyone came out of the door, but I could be thinking remembering wrong. But I well, assumed I, I thought that all the dead bodies were killed by Ellie in the no. hallway in that fantastic scene where they saw through the peephole and like again the small child because he yeeted across the room. Um yeah, I thought well, everyone was in there. And yeah, probably could have gone into an apartment, but then you just would have been trapped in that apartment as well. Yeah, I just like that would have been like a nice like I don't know for like a final kind of thing like you know them trying to do something. It just felt like when they got in the elevator, it was just kind of like this isn't gonna go well. Like the elevator mm-hmm. looks like shit. Like remember all the panels are broken out and everything. Like I just don't. I get why she did it out of desperation, but I also feel like that should have been like ah oh, no fuck man this is like one of my like I almost feel like her lowering Ellie down like or not Ellie uh is her name Ellie yeah Ellie no not Ellie fuck Ellie's the, the mom um cassie little girl cassie down like you know by her hand and dropping her down there and then having a scene of you know lowering her down to the next level of the uh staircase of the jake they could reach or something like that and dropping her down there when she has to bend for herself saying well she finds her way down something like that could have been more interesting it just it just felt like a weird choice to go in the broken elevator um, <laughs> where i just feel like you know had that had the evil decided not to fill the thing with blood and just jump on them they're dead immediately they're, they are locked in a box and they are dead <laughs> it's yeah. very convenient what happened there for them like they're, they're, I, I saw no way of going in there for that to work out for you um 
But anyway, yeah. and um, that, I mean that that to me, I mean that scene worked for me personally, just because again they were desperate, they didn't have any other choice, and it was just the best option in a sea of shitty options, basically. Um, but that is another thing about the series that does kind of make it a little bit weird sometimes in terms of you don't know when the deadites are going to finish them off. You don't know when they're going to be turned. You don't know, you know, what exactly the rules are. This one, it seems like the rules were if you get infected with the blood of a deadite, whether it's through the tattoo gun or they throw up on you or something like that, then you get possessed. Otherwise, you're okay. But I mean, like mm-hmm. throughout the movie, there there were parts where, you know, they would have a little bit of blood that spills on them just from killing one of the other deadites or something like that. So... Again, well, it doesn't think, uh, make a hundred lot of sense, but it I, is what I feel it is. like I feel like in this one uh, they kind of went with like the the virus like angle where you have to like and actually end in the remake as well. And I guess most of them, it's it's you know you you have to get infected by it. So like it wasn't it wasn't the tattoo gun; it was her licking the wound, and so that was you know transmitting it through through mm, you know saliva okay. uh, or through blood mouth saliva. I don't know, um, but I do think that I it, it was that the is blood from the tattoo gun. So because because okay. then the same because then when um, uh, Frank, I'm so bad at people's names in this. Danny. Uh, when Danny gets stabbed, right, he gets vomited on and stuff, and yeah. then it gets into him. But yeah, because then the other question then is too, like, uh, Beth and Ellie, or Beth and freaking not Ellie, girl name, not Ellie, <laughs> little girl. Cassie. You know, Cassie are in blood, or swimming in blood. No way that doesn't get into an orifice of some sort and infect you. I mean, if, if, if that's the same concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but then again, is this blood that came from a deadite, or is this blood that they just kind of projected from thin air? Like maybe this is ethically sourced blood or something like that's that. That's true. I don't know. Or if, yeah, that that that, yeah. that is a very good point. Um, though I will say, I how did you feel about the? So uh, one of my one of my questions for you was again, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll transition from one to the other. Sure. First, how did you feel about the the Necronomicon in this in this or the uh, Natron de Monto? Yeah, I liked it. I thought the teeth were a nice touch on that front. Um, and they did kind of finally establish that, yes, there are three legitimate canon uh, Necronomicons in the entire series. One from the original Bruce Campbell series, one from Evil Dead 2013 remake, and then one from Evil Dead Rise. So Army of Darkness wasn't entirely wrong on that front. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like the teeth. Um, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, I well, and I, I apologize. What I meant more is like how you like its its introduction, how it was used in the movie. Oh, like, okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. <laughs> sorry, yeah. and like you know how, how they found it, that all that kind of stuff. Sorry, I, I was not very, I was very vague with my question. No, no, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, it's uh, definitely you know kind of made its point on that front. Definitely, Danny was a dumbass in terms of oh yeah, there's a big hole that opened up during an earthquake. I'm gonna go ahead and climb in there. Um, I really did think the setup was good it obviously you know danny was a dumbass and that kind of is why all the shit happened as it did but yeah forgotten bank vaults under la especially if it's a building that's set to be condemned like obviously no one's going to care about that at that point and we're assuming that you know it's been decades and decades and decades since that book has been set and released on that front i could see it being forgotten over time on Mm -hmm. that front how about you yeah i I felt weird that there was like a sarcophagus with a book inside of it in a bank vault. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of a that was a weird choice for me. I don't know, um, I, you know, but I guess maybe we found one. I, I feel like it's I I more for the Evil Dead method or the previous one of like bury it in the woods where nobody finds it, not bury it in a vault uh, where somebody's bound to find it at some point. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, also I, too, I, know. I think it added to the campiness of just like oh yeah, it's you know a big sarcophagus with a million different crosses, and we have the jump scare with the Jesus statue and that sort of thing as well. Hmm. Like I, with the tone the movie was trying to set, I kind of like that, honestly. 
Well, I also liked. I I I, I liked it. I also thought it was ridiculous that there's like three LPs in there. That like, for, yeah. like <laughs> when are they recording these? Because <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I I I I know that you know records that you can uh, record recording records was something people did uh, you know it's like a you know it's, it's just the needle that vibrates and then that creates the etching and you know so there there is a way to do that but i'm curious as to how the distance the distance and time between the creation of those kind of records and you know the tapes they find in the first one um but i like that they brought just, back that it was like the record that that's you know that did the chant they didn't try to have the kids freaking read kandarian or whatever it is you know um, yeah. i thought that was nice um i did I, like well there's two things i want to say about that um first off i did like how the priest was just like okay no a record vinyl number one is going to be the chant that releases the demons and vinyl number two is going to be me saying don't summon don't play record number one like really dude really yeah well also why not break the fucking record <laughs> yeah because like did you catch the sorry go ahead I would say, well, it's not like with Nobi where he's like, first one, he's like, I'm going to read this book. Kanda, Kanda. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. And that's over. Uh-huh. It's like two weeks later. <laughs> I've noticed that everyone's trying to kill me. I have to fight off the undead. What an unfortunate incident. It's not like, maybe I should destroy this first one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> in case you find that first one, here's what happened to me. Try it out yourself. You know, like, I don't know. Um, I also didn't realize there were three. So it, uh, when, when she goes back and listens to the third one, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, bitch, where did this one come from? I thought he turned over onto the B side or something. And I was just like, oh, but like, apparently there were three of them. I, I literally thought only saw two. So uh, that, that was interesting. Yep. All right. Uh, the other thing as well, did you catch the Bruce Campbell or, uh, cameo? I, I didn't notice it. I, I'd heard about it after that. Yeah, he was one of the priests who was like, what are yes. you doing? Or something like that. Or like, this book yeah, is so devil. <laughs> if you did not catch it in the uh, movie, basically um, during the vinyl scene where one of the priests um, is basically saying, yeah, well, we found the Book of the Dead. Um, and then, like, everyone goes apeshit. I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, destroy it, destroy it. Uh, you can clearly hear Bruce Campbell's voice for, like, five seconds saying, destroy the book, destroy it. Um, which could be his character, possibly. I don't know. But um, it was well, it was pretty, it was a pretty fun one. I You know, the, the more I think about that, though, like, if you think about it, okay, Evil Dead 1, slot 1 through 3, uh, you know, it's, Professor studying Kandarian or Kandak, whatever he calls it, um, finds these things. He's a professor, he's recording his findings. He, he's translating the Sumerian or whatever. Makes sense. Recording it, reading aloud, great. Evil Dead Two um, seems to this book seems to have been found and translated by somebody else and read aloud. And this guy finds it, doesn't know what the fuck's going on, reads the words, says, "Don't read it," but you know whatever. You know you're you're a fucking you know he's a he's a nerd. He's he's interested. He's just you know he's just reading aloud like an idiot. Anyway. In this one, it is priests who know this is the Book of the Dead. And they're like, let's read these freaking chants. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you think that these priests have this because, you know, they, they hold the book to be a real thing, you know? It's not like the kids who are like, let me let me read Kondar Kondok just for funsies. It's like these guys are like, we believe this is the Book of the Devil. Let's read it aloud. Hmm, this says it will summon a demon. Let's give it a try. Like, you know, I mean, like, you think that of all the people, they, you know, the first LP would be like, don't fucking read this. And then there'd be some guy who's like, I stole their book in this recording device, and now I'm going to read it for myself to see what happens, you know? But, in, you know, I feel like, I feel like, I, I, you know, of all the people to, to, to unleash the evil, it's very weird that this group of priests who, you know, theoretically know about the book <laughs> did it. I don't mm-hmm. know. It would I be like so the, the old man from uh, Army of Darkness being like, <laughs> let's give it a try. Yep. Definitely. Uh, yeah. 
Other than that, um, are there really any like scenes that stuck out to you? Like we talked about the cheese grater scene, and I agree that was an absolute disappointment on that front. But I think the the blood tattoo was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I liked how they used that. The whole bathtub scene, especially with the bathtub, the water oh. like, boils. That was that, that was, was great. Really good. Bathtub yeah, scene was I, really great, and, and I liked too how like I don't, I, I liked the. Um, you know, they, they find her burning up. They bring her to the, the, the cold water. I like like I like them trying to help her in like a very realistic way, of like, oh man, she's really hot. Put her in the water, and you know, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was that that was the kind of the family elements I really liked. Where you know they're trying to care for each other. Um, I thought uh, when Bridget turned and uh, what what they call the stick, uh, like spirula. Oh no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Frank, what was the name for it? It was um, it, it was a, it was a name. She she named it. Uh, and crap. What was it? Ah, fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, uh it was a, it was a great pun. It was a great like it was like her I don't name. Remember at all? Stabula? No, Angela. It was. <laughs> damn, I, I'll find it some point. Staphula? No, Staff Staphjelica. I don't know. Anyway, keep talking. Uh, I'll try and find it. Uh, but I, I loved I loved that scene. Like I thought, I really thought she did a good job of like starting to turn and like slowly going a little crazy um i thought that, and it, you know again they didn't immediately want to kill her they just want to stop her because she's stephanie she was, stephanie there you go stephanie great name amazing best best <laughs> thing in, the, in this movie uh i want stephanie on a shirt not the cheese grater stephanie was, was a boss um but I, though in the opening when uh when beth a- or um, bridget accidentally broke stephanie and cassie fucking chased with the spear like jesus fucking yes. christ child <laughs> And then Bridget just kind of calmly walks in the room like, oh, hey, Danny, a uh, child tried to stab me with a spear, but how's it going? Uh, that was, that was, that, that, she played that off very well. I would have been like, holy fuck. Um, but I don't know. I liked that when she got impaled by it. Um, and I liked, I thought it was really effective when she came back and she was like walking around in the trash bag that um, Danny tied her up in. Um, that was creepy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for I me personally, I, I was just like, why don't you just open the window and just like toss the doors out? Like... Why not? I'm, Why not do that? I mean, I'm sure the Deadeye would have found a way back up, but... I want to know how she got out of that, though. She was pretty well tied up. Like, he even said, I'm going to tie her up. I feel like it's weird that she got out of that real quick. She did... It's weird that she undid all the bindings, but didn't take off the bag. Mm-hmm. What a weird, I what did a weird like choice. That. that was kind of creepy in terms of just like, ooh, it's a spooky ghost, but it's actually a Deadeye. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was kind of fun on that front. How about you? What, what scene stood out to you? Uh, let's see. The tattoo gun scene, I really liked. Um... The whole ending segments, uh, just for the second they go down to the parking garage to everything on that front. I, I, I enjoyed the part of it. I enjoyed how they brought the wood chipper back. I especially love how she basically punts the uh, the head into the wood chipper. Oh, yeah. um, that, that was great. Uh, loved that part on that front. Um, really, my I think my favorite scene, though, was just everything through the peephole. Um, reminding me a lot of Silent Hill 4 um, in terms of just like looking through the people and seeing what's there, especially the... Uh, fisheye view of the um, you know mother kind of staring back but the scene where basically she kills everybody in the hallway and you see it from the perspective of the people that was really cool I really liked that and that was a great use of the setting on mm-hmm. that front um, I'm trying to think what else the bathtub scene really good really liked that one uh, I the, the fly on the eyeball uh, when mm. Ellie is kind of in the bed and you, they all think she's dead, but uh, she's yeah, the fly lands on the eyeball and she blinks and that sort of thing. That was pretty fun. Um, the chewing glass scene as well. <laughs> that 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 was the shot that should have been in the trailer. See, I, I always thought it was a little bit 
like these, I, I like to see all these scenes, but I feel like they all should be worse. Like I want to see the the the, the glass pierce her, her yeah. neck or something. In terms like, of like more gore. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. that's that, and again, I think that's why like the, there there is a certain amount of cheesy gore, almost over the top gore to Evil Dead. 2013 that i think this movie i just felt like it was lacking and i think like you know and i think the, the um cheese graders like, like is like the hallmark of that where this could have been a very gruesome scene but there aren't really many gruesome deaths and i i i i i know that the people scene gets a lot of praise and like i like the concept of it but i don't like that you don't really see anything and even the the, the biting out the eyeball scene just seems so like again we didn't really see anything we saw the eye vacant once she pulled it out and the spit and then the guy i guess the kid just chokes on and dies like mm-hmm. I just, I wanted more. I wanted, like, the eyeball scene of Billy, um, Bobby Joe choking on it was played for comedic effect. And, like, it was, like, a funny thing. And she, like, flipped out. It was, like, gulp, you know? And this one, it's played straight. And that's kind of weird. Like, it's, you took a comedic kind of a funny little scene and played it straight. I don't know. I I thought it was kind of comedic. Like, it was moments like that where I was paying homages to it. And I just, like, it was just, it was fun gore. I don't know. I found that scene comedic. Like, well, I just wanted more blood then. I wanted, like, his face to be yeah, gushing blood. I wanted, like, because, you know, even in that scene, like, I thought, again, I, I thought the little boy flying across and being dead, boom, amazing. Because it was showing something off screen. But then almost everything else that happened off screen, all the other deaths, the guy with the gun, like, I don't know. It, it, we see, I, I just thought we saw um, Ellie take down a bunch of people after being really fucking not great at doing that with with her family. And like that, that kind of contrast of her taking down like you know uh, this uh, kind of ripped a doll guy. You know he was kind of unsuspecting. He didn't know what was going on. Uh, and I think he was ripped, but he was he was a he looked he he was a semi muscular dude. Uh, you know got him by surprise. Perfect. Other guy chokes on an eyeball. Okay, pretty bloodless. Whatever. Uh, kid gets thrown across the thing. Great, nice bloody shot. Guy with shotgun shoots. Kind of gets pulled away, disappears. Like, and then when we see them in the in the hallway, they're not very bloody. Like I just felt like she had this god moment which is relatively bloodless. And I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see Deadites as taking down a bunch of people by themselves without some crazy shit happening. And it, I don't know. I feel like to a degree almost, I, I, I really, again, I think Ellie's the best, like the one of the best Deadites I've ever seen. But I also feel like this movie was about Ellie the Deadite when in the past, yeah, Jane Levy was, you know, a prominent Deadite, but it wasn't like she was the lead Deadite. She was just, a deadite who happened to be present the most and you know the ones getting taken out as things went on but it wasn't like she was like the leader of them and i felt like in this one she was like i don't know the alpha deadite and the other deadites were kind of like her bitches and i just mm-hmm. i wanted to see either the other deadites be more competent or i wanted to see like i don't know something from her like i don't know i, I don't i don't like the idea of one deadite taking out five people in like two seconds i just don't i just don't see them doing that you know that seems very like they toy seems... around a lot more than they did in that scene. Sorry? And I wonder, too, they, they toy a lot more in that scene. Or they, they, yeah. they toy a lot more with their victims than just Kelly. But at the same time, too, like, obviously Ellie was fixated on her family. So. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just wish there was more. Because also, like, that in that ending scene, because they want it to be all about Ellie, I'm just thinking there's, like, six bodies out there that she could be using to try to get into this house. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, like, what... Why aren't you using the shotgun to blow open the to blow open the door and get in? Why aren't like it's I don't know I and again I think I think this is again I think this is a issue of the budget. I think I think that's what it really is. It's an issue of the budget and it's an issue of again they're they're trying to um, trying to only change a little bit of the formula and not change too much at once because it could be really jarring. So I get why they're doing it, 
but by having them in there and having like especially at the end because i thought it's like okay maybe she killed them and they're not able to come back because you know she killed them some other way but at the end they're all saying dead by dawn so i'm like okay you guys you guys are fucking part of this what what the fuck were you doing laying on the ground you could have been helping out ellie ellie crawled through the fucking cat thing why not shove the little child through the cat thing like you know why not also there's never there's never any demonic cat which i was waiting for um i don't know it just felt i felt like some of what they did either again bumped up ellie to a point of where i was like what are you doing like you're your your lead deadite from like even the musical, there's lead deadite character, um, but then there's like, I don't know, like why aren't the other deadites doing anything? I don't know. I, I thought that was especially at the end where it becomes like the the marauder is Ellie at the base, and you're just like so like I don't know if there'd been something about that about how like one deadite is the main one or something. I guess you know this is a new book, so obviously it's going to function slightly differently. I just would have liked that to be explained a little bit more somehow. Or, like, I don't know, like maybe have the priest be like, it chooses a host, and then, you know, it chooses one host to embody, and then the others are, like, you know, like a mushroom. Like, you know, or mooks or something like that, yeah. Yeah, like the, like the queen, you know, it creates a hive or something. You know, so, so give, give me some context to why this one's different, because it really just felt like, again, I understand why you lean, lean into her, because she was fucking amazing as who she was, but just, like, taking a step back and be like, but why was she the only one to do Why? Why aren't these people all dead? <laughs> like, you know, I, I just, I, I think that, that kind of, there is some plot armor and then some, like, decisions that I just felt, I don't know, uh, could have been solved. You know, it, it's, again, I keep going back to the thing 2011, where there's scenes where you're like, wait, all those people are the things, why aren't they killing them? Like, why are they, you know, it's, it's that same thing, like, man, that guy got possessed at the very end of that scene, uh, yeah, at the very end of the movie, there's the guy who's going around, going around with her, and he is a thing. And he doesn't just kill her. He waits for her to realize and kill her. And you're just like, plot armor. That, like, you know. Um, I don't know. I, again, she did a great job. She was amazing. But I just, I wish they'd either made the other deadites active or given us some justification as to why she was the only one who was really doing a bunch. Because even, you know, uh, Danny didn't come back to life immediately. Danny was was dead for a while. Danny just yeah. wasn't doing anything. And it's like, come on, just only do the little Danny. You know, like, it, it was... It's very unfortunate to see him only be a uh, a deadite just to combine with his mom. Like I, I just you know, like I wanted to see him do something, or you know, because I think especially the way he died, where he said, you know, I'm so sorry, Cass. You know, I don't think it was partly because he can defend her, partly because he he causes to happen. I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to see his grief a little bit more, what he did, and you know, and then again, have that be respected. Have you know, have there be a thing with them torturing him, being like, "You fucked this up. You did this. You brought this on us." You know, like that would have been a great scene. Have the mom be like, "I fucking hate you. I never should have had you. You did this to me." Great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I would have liked to see some more creativity with their relationships, and also you know, have them all be there. Um, yeah, yeah, and I can say that definitely on that front. Um, yeah. So what? Going back to the creature, like, what did you think of the final creature design in terms of it all being merged together and just this? conglomerate of limbs and shit i i didn't realize that the actors were actually in there which is insane i love it yeah, um, there's some cg but it was composited a lot of yeah and like, like uh-huh. there, someone would be in it um i hated it i'm not gonna lie really okay <laughs> i i i i absolutely and again it, it gives me such thing 2011 vibes i did not like it um and I, I i'm okay with the concept of it but i i hated it i really didn't like it i don't understand why it exists i i, I get that it's in the book but i, I don't like i so I listened to that comment or the um, interview with the director, and somebody asked him, like, hey, Marauders, the, the Marauder, as he calls it, is kind of a unique thing. Where did this come from? Why is this here? And his answer was like, well, it was in the book. He's like, if you look, it's in the book. It's like, 
you fucking wrote the book. Why is it in the book? Why is it a thing? <laughs> Where does this come from? Why is this? Why is it more efficient to have uh, one creature with a bunch of arms than have different creatures that can crawl on the walls and shit? Like we've seen, like we've seen her do in this movie. Mm. Why? Why make it so that you can throw all three of them in the wood chipper at once? <laughs> <laughs> why make that a thing? You know, uh, that's that, I, 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 I didn't like it. I, th- I like. I think this movie is actually really solid. I, and I know I'm being negative. Uh, I've, I've been kind of negative on this movie. I think it's literally as soon as they walk out the door to try to escape at the end, that's where mm-hmm. I, I. That's where the movie falls off. Up until then, I really like it. Actually, I think it yeah. does the opposite of what Evil Dead 2013 does. Where I think the end of 2013 is amazing, and uh, you know, uptick in the campiness. I think this jumps off. Yeah, Swan dives off the edge of the high rise at, when that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I could definitely say that. Like, I really loved the idea of this multi-limbed creature kind of taking after them, but really, the creature doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything that a regular dead eye couldn't like if i it was like crawling along the ceiling or just moved faster because of what it is i don't know like we 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 played the forest a little bit together and there's some creatures with similar designs i love the design i just wish it felt more intimidating than the other deadites um but i did i did like the wood chipper death uh, especially since they mm-hmm. established that at the very beginning of the movie i was just like oh yeah i've got a wood chipper down there yes i can't wait to see what that being used yes there we go what's it? Yeah, i agree what, and I feel like, you know, again, I think I think it was trying to take inspiration, maybe, you know, possibly from Evil Dead um, 2, because they kind of implied, you know, bring the monster into flesh form. But I thought, you know, they're, they were really taking hints from Evil Dead 2013, which was, you know, at the end they had, um, uh, frick, what do they call it? That's just the P, the abomination, the abomination at the end. And but, and, but I think, but that, that doesn't like start with like, the P at all. I know, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> but I felt like I felt like the abomination was kind of seeded from the beginning and it was this thing of her addiction building and the sacrifices that went to it. And the Marauder was shown at the beginning of this movie. Like and that that's what Lee Cronin said when they asked him the question. They said, Well, if you, if you in the beginning you see it. But it felt like the abomination was a thing and it was the idea that she was facing off against her evil self or this the evil within her, the yes. thing within her. And it was the idea that these sacrifices were made to summon this big creature that, you know, is it, it is slightly different than regular Deadite. It's a little bit more durable. Um, you know, she beats it, but she like it gets dragged back into hell. This is clearly the birth of a demon in its own body. That's that's mm-hmm. the unique thing. And in this one, it was like, well, it's just the corpse should just combine. And you're like, okay. But you know what could have happened? They could have formed the Marauder outside about this body she left outside. <laughs> and they could have got him or she opened the door. Or, you know, like, I think there are ways to do the Marauder. I think a great way to do the Marauder, have them take out Deadites and, you know, like you said, throw them out the window. Have that be kind of a joke. They just keep tossing them out the window. You know, like, oh, there goes Bridget. There goes Danny. And then at the end, all those corpses that compressed combined Ooh, to make like them that. harder. That would have been a really cool thing because when they kind of did it, and that would have been Evil Dead kind of quirkiness. Like, the, you know, the evil survives. Life finds a way, you know? That, that kind of thing. But in this Especially one... Especially since they started talking about, you know, oh, the only way is, like, total bodily dismemberment. And even if you do cut certain parts of the body off, they'll find their way back together. Like, that would have fit in thematically. Yeah, I think that would have been really cool. But in this one, it's just like, nah. And, like, the weird thing is, I thought at first it was just the kids, but apparently all the bodies combined to make them rotter. So every mm-hmm. one of them, all the fucking idiots just laying on the ground there, combined to make that thing. But we only see, you know, the, really those three. Um, I just, I don't know, that... Like, that felt so anticlimactic and just unevil dead-like. Because it wasn't, like, the, the crazy 1v1 bloody battle. It was just kind of like a monster attacks at the end. She gets knocked out. Girl gets kidnapped. She has to save her. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what they were doing with that. It felt like they kind of lost creativity. Because, um, again, I, I think that I, 
I think the reason I come down hard in this movie is just because the the ending fell so flat for me. That mm-hmm. it, like nothing really. I, I I don't know. Like even I don't know. It just yeah. I'm even glad that it wasn't a CG monster. I agree. 2013 definitely had a stronger ending on that front, just because those last 15 minutes, you think the movie's over, and nope, there's additional craziness, and they take it up to 11. This movie really doesn't have that. Like, the ending scene is, you know, bloody, there's the final stand, but it it is fairly standard on that point. I did appreciate the Shining reference with the elevator full of blood, though. Mm. That was was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, It's just kind of terrifying in terms of, oh, you're in a um, elevator that's filling up with blood, so. Also, why didn't the thing kill them while they were in there? Because it took a while for it to fill with blood. Why didn't it Again, it's it's a whole thing about the dead eyes. Is you don't know when they're going to continue to toy with them, when they're you know actually ready to kill them, that sort of thing. There, there's no consistent rules. It's basically just terrorizing on that front. That's true. But I will say, you know, I found it really interesting. Is, um, so if you remember in that ending, uh, right before, right before uh, Marauder was born, um, Ellie uh, <laughs> flies towards them. Like, you know, they did that levitating fly they do. And she shoots her leg off. And she falls to the ground. I'm like, you were fucking floating. Why are you shooting your leg off knocking you to the ground? I didn't notice that. Yeah. What I the mean, fuck? I you... the leg falling off, but that, yeah, that makes sense. You were levitating, flying at them. She shot off your leg and you fall to the ground. Like, you were you were just performing a feat of nature. What? what That's great. Um, that but, you know, I, I, and you can talk about the theming a little bit later, but I, I don't know. I, I, that, 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 that ending just didn't make sense. Um, I, I did like the, I don't know, the, again, I think freaking Ellie's actress was amazing when she was like, Nobody gets out of here by dawn, or you know. But when the way she rephrases "dead by dawn," you know, it was, you know, it's like they did with Spider-Man instead of in I mean, they made Spider-Man instead of, instead of saying like with great power comes great responsibility. They say like you know if your father saw something happening and you had the power to stop it, then you have responsibility to do so. And it's like oh look at that rephrasing it. They did something like that with this with um, "dead by dawn," but then all the fucking kids around her said "dead by dawn," but she was like mm-hmm. you know no one's gonna be around by dawn or something like that. Like that was I like that a lot. Um, I liked when she said it, and then the other people were saying "Dead by Dawn." I wanted them all to shut the fuck up because they weren't doing shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, what did you think about the like? So I, I, I had a huge problem with the fact that uh, the abomination, not the abomination, fuck it, the Marauder tried to uh, saw Ellie, not Ellie, uh, child up, and took forever <laughs> trying to saw her. Um, uh-huh. I, I liked that. I liked that they were like, "We only want your head." Again, great line. I just wish that you know, it had applied somehow um, to, you know, what they were doing. Uh, and I, I, I wish that it wasn't when she was in the back, when somehow, for some reason, again, this is kind of reminds me of, um, like, plot armor and, you know, this, the, the, a lot of horror movies fall into this idea where this thing that's killing everybody, for some reason, grabs a little girl, takes it to a different place, and then pulls out a chainsaw. Yep. Like, what's, why? Just, just why? Um, yeah. It's like they wanted to be killed. Um, yeah, and know. it's like, it is an Evil Dead tradition at this point, and I guess a horror movie tradition at that part, where it's just like, okay, why don't you kill them right away? You have them, you know, why don't you go ahead and take care of it? But no, it's just mm. for extra suspense at that point. I, I would say it's a problem with horror movies in general. Well, but I feel like Evil Dead's been pretty good about it, though. I feel like in, the, in Evil Dead, in the final acts, everyone's trying to kill everybody. Like, Nobi's daughter gets stabbed in the back of Evil Dead 2 while they're trying to kill her. Um, you know, Ash is getting, like, fucking murdered until he throws the uh, book into the thing in Evil Dead 1. Like... There, there aren't really a lot of punches pulled at the end there. There's not a lot of plot armor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that, that's okay. just confused me. Um, but what do you think about the, like, the ending of them walking out? Because that also kind of stuck as weird to me. Uh, of the end where um, Beth and little girl just kind of, I don't know, walk out into the, the, the I morning. mean, it was fine. Like, it was a standard 
movie ending there wasn't much more to go on that front so yeah they 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 lived they saved each other and they leave like it wasn't the most exciting ending but it it was Mm. fine did you have an issue with that or I don't know. Again, I think it's just because of how generic the ending fighting with the, mo- the boss yeah. monster was. Like, it felt like a Resident Evil fight at the end. And I just, I don't know. I wanted, <laughs> did, actually, yeah. I wanted more than just her walking away. I don't know. I wanted something. Because uh, I, I, I know. Another like, twist go. that wasn't a, you know, oh, we lead back into the original scene, the opening scene. Like, it just, like, I yeah, feel like. It, it missed, it, it I, sorry for interrupting, but I, no, it, no, no. It, it did miss that extra pizzazz of 2013 where you think the movie's over. And nope, it's still got 15 minutes left and it's about to turn it up to you know, a whole bunch of other shit that's going on right there. Yeah, it was a very standard ending. Well, I also feel like just, it kind of reminds me as to why the final tro- girl trope exists. Not that, yeah, obviously the final girl is it's different than how we kind of recontextualize it today. But I feel like it's always kind of weird when two people live because then like, it's not just, you know, it's not like an Evil Dead, Evil Dead remake where they, she kind of walks out bloody like, oh, fuck this shit. You know, like, oh, I've survived, I'm harrowed. It's her being like, all right, child, let's, uh, let's get out of here now. Like, you know, like it's like the conversation of like, so we just killed your family. Um, let's, I guess, walk out into the sun. And, you know, hopefully <laughs> there's not demons out there. You know, this, this did seem to be a conveniently isolated incident for us, thank God. But, I mean, like, you know, let's, let's, just, let's, let's just go. I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like, I think it was also kind of hurt by the fact that there was that ending scene. Because then my thought process is, like, I don't know. I would rather see them go out and do something. Like, you know, a final parting shot of them or something. Or how that, like, I just, I felt like having an end with the evil possessing that girl, who's then is the girl in the beginning, yeah, it ties everything together, but I kind of just wish, like, it just feels weird that we just kind of leave um, Beth and the little girl just to walk away while this happens, you know? Mm-hmm. It just feels like a, I would have rather seen something happen to them. Like, you know, just have them get in a cab, have them call the police, have, have show me something that they're, do- that they're safe or they're doing something. Show me some slightly ending for them, because... I don't know. I don't want to see their characters really again, but I, so I want them, I want them to have, a, it doesn't really take like a full ending for me for them, you know? Gotcha. It just um, kind of cuts off right there. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, um, I think we should wrap this episode up fairly soon. Uh, we I, talked a lot about this. Any final thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? I have one final complaint. That's question for, for you. Okay. We both agreed that the drug addiction plot, subplot Evil Dead 2013 is good. How did you feel about the family debating motherhood abortion plot was in this one? Um, I mean, the whole character arc is that Ellie is unsure whether she, or Beth, not Ellie, Ellie, or Beth is unsure whether she's pregnant, she's unsure she's going to make a good mother, and basically by, you know, saving one out of the three kids, that's not bad. <laughs> um, she kind of learns, okay, now she has to be a mother to Cassie anyway, because Ellie's dead um, at the end of the movie, and her siblings are dead, and that girl's going to need a ton of therapy. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was okay. It definitely didn't hit as much as the drug addiction subplot did in 2013. Um, but it did tie into the themes of family in terms of Beth basically had to stand, step up and fill that mother role because Ellie was possessed. Um, like, hmm. Yeah. I, I, I just never really felt like the mother part was really there. Like, I feel like it was just you're defending people. But like, I don't know. There's that one. I thought there's that kind of weird line read of you're good at lying to kids. You'd be a great mom. Which, mm-hmm. you know, weird comment. But I mean, like, I don't know. I, the scene at the end where she's like, are you going to be a mom? And she's like, yes, I am. I was like, what? <laughs> what? It's, it's been like a night. You know, it's been a night. It's been like, you know, a few hours since you arrived here and we're panicked about having a child. And then you see your sister 
possessed and her kids get murdered. And meanwhile, the whole time, her sister is saying, I fucking wish I never had you guys. You guys ruined my life. That's part of what the evil is saying is, you know, mm-hmm. you know playing, you know, that's part of what she's saying. Like, you guys ruined my life. I'm free now. Yeah. And I just don't understand how that makes you want to have a child. I, I don't, I don't understand how, like, it, I, it, you know, you see the worst shit happening. I don't see how the, how that comes away with, I would, I would have liked to see something that shows her development to making that sure. It just, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. and also feels like it's really weird for the girl to ask, are you going to become a mommy? Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, I it, assume like that was the moment where she realized that Beth was pregnant. Oh, no, like, no she, kind she of a shot. Well, she knew that earlier. And then I think, then she says it, then she asks her like after and more shit goes down. Yeah, and I think I, it was just kind of like, okay, now that we have a calm moment, now that we have an opportunity to talk about it, I'll ask you about it at this point. But there, there was yeah, not I mean, a calm moment. It was kids. when they were running outside. I don't believe you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they're kids. They're doing what they dare. But yeah, I, I guess I could see that. I, I just wish that wasn't a plot. I just wish, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think it was present enough. And I think it was a weird plot to have because, you know, part of, you know, I think, again, like, especially if we talk about abortions today and stuff, it's part of it is, you know, the means, how it affects your life, all these things. And none of that was solved, which was where, you know, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more at play than just, am I going to be a good mom? I think it's very much kind of dumbing it down to that. And I just wish there was more of a discussion, seeing, again, what her reservations were exactly and how this solved them. Because it, it just, it felt like it come, it felt like that, I don't know, because you're a lot, it felt like a very, I don't know you know, like, tone-deaf way of, the, of like, the plight of having a child and what would happen to it. And just by saying, saying that she's protecting this one child and that she wants to be a mom. Like, I never want to have children, but when I was a teacher and when I, you know, work with students now, I would protect, you know, if something were to happen, I would always try to protect them. But it's not going to make me want to mm-hmm. have kids. I just, it's because you care about people and you don't want them to get hurt. And I think that's equating those two things to the same thing, I feel like, is a very... I don't know. It, I think it's, it seems like an argument that some people use politically that if you don't, you know, you must hate children if you don't want to have kids. I think that's a very polarizing kind of thing to say, and you know, obviously not a very accurate or an understanding. Yeah, I've got that too. But yeah, I, I just it just felt like the again, I think that the motherhood angle in um, Hole in the Ground is a lot about not her doubting her ability to have um, to be a good parent, but it was really about a mother and child the whole movie. So it really made sense for that to be an element. And it just felt like, I don't know, that either they saw Evil Dead 2013 and like, oh, we need a through line for this one. Or, you know, obviously you just want character, you just want good character writing. But I think it just was a weird way for Beth to develop. I think, I don't know. It didn't feel like she changed in the movie. It didn't, it, again, it's over the course of a night, I believe. Uh, it just felt very ham-fisted. And I just think I didn't understand the path that was going through it or how, what, how what happened made her be what who she is and I just, I just wish they'd kind of either kept it out or maybe not blatantly have somebody ask her if she's going to be a mom maybe have us assume that that's what she's going to do or maybe she's not going to be a mom but she's going to be a mom to this kid you know or something like that have, maybe leave that blatant affirmation out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know that just it just yeah. felt weird to me um, and though I, I, I wish they had done something more with it because when um, uh, when Ellie grabs her abdomen and is like two souls like you know your fucking baby like she like I thought that was like, again, that was kind of fucking with her a little bit in it, and I would have liked that that idea explored a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, or even a, just a, a conversation about like, could baby get infected? Like, obviously, you don't want to see you know dead alive like bursting out of your chest or anything, but like, uh, you know, could that possibly be? I mean, we were talking about Cassie being turned earlier on. Maybe that was another twist they could have at the very end, right there. 
Okay. Yeah. That, so I got then. one last question for you. Um, yes. Where would you rate this movie in terms of your Evil Dead rankings out of the five movies? Um, As my cat screams into the microphone. So I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say 2013, I think I'm settling. I think 2013 is my favorite uh, of them for, so as just a movie in general, fuck it, I'm going to say as what I enjoyed watching, I will say, ah, oh fuck, as, for what I enjoy watching, I'll say. You have 60 seconds. Okay. <laughs> 2013 and two are tied because I think they're different types of movies and I like them for that. Then I would say one, then this, actually, then one, then the Army of Darkness and this. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're, they're just taking different types of movies. Um, so, again, it's not bad. I think it's, it's Army of Darkness levels where I just don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I would probably put this squarely in the middle of the pack. Like, I would say two in the 2013 remake are probably top tier. And again, they're both very different movies. Then I would probably say um, Evil Dead 1. Then probably... No, you know what? I would, I, I would probably put this below Evil Dead 2013 and Evil Dead 2 then Evil Dead Rise, then Army of Darkness, then Evil Dead 1. That would probably be my ranking. <gasps> really? Evil Dead 1's at your bottom? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it is a good movie, but I, I don't think it's better than any of the other movies. Like, I think every single movie passed and surpassed it. Yeah. I, I Actually, I don't see it. Being honest. Again, I think I think my, my, my keeping one up again is our, our knowledge, but yeah, as a movie I'd want to watch again, yeah, I probably should be at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll adjust my rating to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, thir- 2013, Evil Dead 2, and then Fist and Army of Darkness and below that Evil Dead 1, which just feels so mean to do with the original. It just, just feels sad. Uh, <laughs> but then above them all is the experience of reading uh, If Jens Could Kill. <laughs> uh-huh. Sounds um, good. Yeah. All right. Um, well, well so, thank you so much. Uh, you got something else? I, sorry, last question. <laughs> okay, God. Do you want to see a direct <laughs> follow-up to this? No, I, I, I want them to go ahead and do something else with the Dead Eyes, with the series, that sort of thing. I think these characters have kind of run their course. Um, hmm. I enjoyed my time with them, but I definitely think if they do another sequel, they need to follow another, again, like this. It's not a cabin in the woods, it's a high rise. I want them to go with something else, like, I don't know, maybe on a cruise ship or something like that. Something completely, or like on an inhabited island or something uh, along those lines. I want them to keep on doing stuff with the Necronomicon not with the same characters, um, See, but still with the same kind of concept. Well, I think it would be kind of cool to do is if they uh, they did the continuation of the cabin at the end of this one, but have it be that they come back and have that girl with her who got her face cut up and got possessed, get like you know taken in by like uh, an insane asylum, and have it be like in an asylum where mm, people are locked yeah. in rooms and shit, and she gets put They're in there. Believer, yeah, that, that'd be kind of. Cool. I could see that. I could see that. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this has been Proven to Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the uh, song Horror Movie Story. You can get that out of the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, this has been the end of our Evil Deadathon. So if you have not listened to the other episodes, you can absolutely go back. We've talked about uh, the 2013 remake. We talk about uh, Army of Darkness, and we also talk about the first two movies as well. Um, so you can kind of see our opinions and how they grow over time from that. But uh, next episode will not be Evil Dead related. We're still going <laughs> to talk about that and figure out exactly what we would need to do. I've got a couple ideas. Uh, but once again, we are active on social media, Facebook and Instagram. If you want to go ahead um, and send us any requests, we have done episodes before for um, people uh, who request movies. Blood for Dracula was one of them um, and Flesh for Frankenstein. So good stuff right there. Thank you so much for in. Forming us that these movies existed because 
that, that was an experience. Uh, but yeah, other than that, thank you so much for listening and stay groovy. Bye.